Welcome to Alchemergy. My name is Dennis William Hauck, and together we will explore the ancient mysteries of alchemy. The Alchemy Exhibit at Rosicrucian Park. Dennis Hawk, FRC, PhD. Recently, Rosicrucian members and guests joined Grand Master Julie Scott and Frauder Dennis Hawk for the dedication of the Alchemy Exhibit at Rosicrucian Park. This exhibit presents an introduction to alchemy, an important part of the Rosicrucian tradition, and leads guests through the seven steps of the alchemical process. It also includes a reproduction of a medieval alchemist's workshop, a copy of the Ripley Scroll, and a meditation chamber featuring the Azoth of the Philosopher's image. This exhibit, on display in the Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum, will serve as the centerpiece for the new Alchemy Museum at Rosicrucian Park once the funds for the museum are raised. The Rosicrucian Alchemy Museum will be the first alchemy museum in the United States and the largest alchemy museum in the world. This article presents some of the text from the alchemy exhibit panels. Introduction, the Emerald Tablet. The Origins of Alchemy in Ancient Egypt. The roots of alchemy are buried in the fertile black dirt of the Nile Delta. In fact, the very word alchemy comes from the Arabic alchemia, which literally means the black soil of Egypt. From Alexandria, the teachings of alchemy spread throughout the Mediterranean region, Arabia, Europe, and on to India and China. These teachings are summarized in the Emerald Tablet, which is the core text of alchemy. In simplest terms, alchemy is the art of transformation. It attempts to unveil the universal principles behind growth and change. The focus of this work, known as the Great Work, is not limited to the physical world, but encompasses all levels of reality, including the psychological and spiritual realms. 1. Calcination – Working with Fire the first step in alchemical transformation is called calcination, which is a process of decomposition in which the substance is reduced to ashes or powder by heating, drying, or crushing it. The tools of calcination include furnaces, ovens, burners, crucibles, mortar pestles, and grinders. The goal is to destroy the outer form of a substance to reveal its basic ingredients. In spiritual alchemy, this step seeks to get beyond ego and personality to reveal one's true identity or soul. Calcination marks the beginning of the chaotic black phase in alchemy, during which existing structures and habits are destroyed. A triangle pointing upward is the cipher for fire. 2. Dissolution Working with Water the second step in transformation is called dissolution, which continues the process of decomposition begun in the previous operation. During dissolution, a substance is broken down by immersing it in a liquid solvent, such as water, acid, or a caustic solution. Tools for dissolution include pots, kettles, cauldrons, baths, flasks, goblets, ladles, and jars. 
and spiritual alchemy, dissolution works to free the feminine essence of soul, while calcination works to free the masculine essence of spirit. Dissolution is the final process in the disruptive black phase of alchemy. A triangle pointing downward is the cipher for water. 3. Separation Working with air The third step in alchemy is called separation, which is a process of isolating basic ingredients in a substance and removing impurities. Methods include cutting, breaking apart, sifting, filtering, settling, skimming, evaporating, bubbling, and layering. The tools used in separation are knives, scissors, filters, sieves, settling jars, and evaporating dishes. The goal is to discard unwanted materials and keep only the most active parts. Separation begins the white phase, in which substances recovered from the first two operations are purified to reveal their essences. In spiritual terms, these essences are soul and spirit. The cipher for air is a triangle pointing upward with a horizontal line drawn through it. 4. Conjunction Working with Earth The fourth step in transformation is called conjunction, which is a merging of two different compounds to create an entirely new substance by melding, bonding, compounding, amalgamation, or precipitation. Tools used are mixing bowls, reaction vessels, compounding jars, smelters, and tanks. Alchemists viewed conjunction as a sacred marriage of opposites that marked the turning point from the operations below in the material world to the spiritual operations above. The cipher for the element Earth is an inverted triangle with a horizontal line drawn through it. 5. Fermentation Working with Sophic Sulfur The fifth operation in alchemy is fermentation which is the beginning of the red stage of empowerment. Fermentation starts with the death and decay of plant material in an airtight container. This stimulates the growth of bacteria that convert sugars in the cells into gases, oily compounds, and alcohol. The alcohol formed during fermentation represents the spirit of the plant, while any oil that surfaces is the soul of the plant. Its dead body is the stems and skins that sink to the bottom. These essences are known as the three essentials of sulfur, soul, mercury, spirit, and salt, body. They were sometimes referred to as philosophical or sulfic substances. 6. Distillation Working with Sulfic Mercury The sixth step in transformation is distillation in which the products of the previous operations are purified and concentrated. The tools of distillation include retorts, alembics, cucurbits, vaporizers, eludels, sublimators, condensers, stills, boilers, and heaters. Distillers consist of a lower boiling vessel, an upper condensing vessel, and a long condensing tube leading to a receiver. Vapors from the boiling liquid rise into the cooler sections of the still where they begin to condense. Distillation continues the red phase of alchemy, in which essences are potentized and empowered. The more times the solution is distilled, the purer and more concentrated it becomes. 
7. Coagulation Working with Sulfic Salt The final step in transformation is called coagulation, which is a process of materialization in which substances congeal, consolidate, agglomerate, or precipitate into a solid mass. The alchemists saw this operation as working with a higher kind of salt, a new type of spiritized matter that could not be perfected any further. Thus you will obtain the glory of the whole universe, says the Emerald Tablet of this step. The new salt would be found in the unburnable ashes from fire or in the indissoluble crystals in water. It would come from the union of the red and white, from the forces of spirit and soul. They called this magical salt the Philosopher's Stone. The Ripley Scroll This enigmatic scroll was created around 1450 by English alchemist Sir George Ripley. It is an illustrated allegorical poem that reveals how to make the Philosopher's Stone. The work starts with the first matter, symbolized by the black toad in the retort. The first two panels are about breaking down the first matter to release its essences. This makes the black toad discharge a venom that causes color changes and produces a series of lesser stones. The next two panels combine the products already created into a single object, which is now digested and transformed in the blood of the dragon. This leads to the projection of alchemical energies into the outer world. The Alchemical Workshop This painting below by Rembrandt portrays all aspects of the alchemist's workshop. The interplay of light and darkness, above and below, spiritual and material, in this painting captures what it feels like to be in the presence of a master alchemist. The alchemist's desk is the focus of his preparation before he begins the practical work in the lab. The Athenor, a tall brick or cast iron furnace, is where transformations take place. Distillation is an important process, and several sizes of glass, ceramic, and copper distillers were used. Many medieval labs had uh, dried carcasses of crocodiles, fish, and small mammals dangling from the ceiling as well as bows of herbs hung up to dry. Large processing equipment included fermentation crocks, digesting vats, washing troughs, soaking barrels, storage kegs, and huge boiling vessels and retorts made of earthenware, copper, or glass. Conclusion The Octave of Creation The Operations of Alchemy and the Music of the Spheres Pythagoras believed the universe was created from a series of increasing vibrations he called the music of the spheres. The frequency of each note on this scale is a multiple of the perfect fifth, a three-to-two ratio that represents order out of chaos. Renaissance alchemists associate the seven notes of the Pythagorean scale with the ladder of the planets corresponding to successive levels of perfection in the great work. Each step up from the heavy dark black phase, through the clarity of the white phase, to the final empowerment of the red phase, represents an increase in the energetic frequency of the substance. When the transmutation is complete, the substance is reborn at a higher level of vibration, into a whole new octave of creation.
The Azoth of the philosophers is a meditative mandala used by alchemists to apply the operations of alchemy to their personal transformation. Focus your attention on the face of the alchemist at the center of the drawing. The triangle over his face signifies divine grace raining down. So we see within this triangle a union of the divine mind with the mind of the alchemist. Each ray on the star shining out from the alchemist's face represents a metal from lead to gold. The circle scenes, called rondels, depict what must be done to transform the metals. The outer ring has a Latin instruction that reads, Visit the innermost parts of the earth, and by rectifying them, you will find the hidden stone. The first letter of each word spells out V-I-T-R-I-O-L, vitriol, which is sulfuric acid. Alchemists believe a similar liquid fire exists within themselves and call it their secret fire. The large triangle behind the ring stands for the three forces of creation, which we know today as matter, energy, and light. Alchemists refer to them as the three essentials of salt, sulfur, and mercury. Salt, or corpus, is matter, symbolized by the cube. Sulfur, or anima, is energy, symbolized by the sun and salamander living in fire. Mercury, or spiritus, is light, symbolized by the light of the moon and the bird of spirit about to take wing. The alchemist's body emerges from the three essentials and is composed of the four elements. In his right hand is a torch of fire, and in his left a feather, signifying air. His right foot is planted on earth, and his left is in water. To the alchemist's right, the jovial solar king sits on a lion and holds a scepter and shield, indicating his authority over the visible world. But the dragon of his unconscious hides in a cave, ready to attack should he grow too prideful. To the alchemist's left, the melancholy lunar queen rides a great fish in the sea. She carries a shaft of wheat, symbolizing her connection to fertility and growth. The bow and arrow she cradles represents the wounds of body and heart she accepts as part of life. In simplest terms, the king and queen are the polarities of our existence. Aggressive and passive, masculine and feminine, our thoughts and emotions that must be reconciled before we can achieve unity and wisdom. Now move to the black ray number one. It carries the cipher for both the planet Saturn and the metal lead. The smallest square denotes the three essentials principle of salt. The goal is to overcome the lethargic, dark, heavy spirit of lead and begin the journey of transformation. Moving clockwise, the first rondel is marked by the Latin word visita, which means to begin a journey. The black crow sitting on a skull is the classic symbol for the calcination operation, which uses fire to burn away old structures and habits. On the personal level, the skull signifies the elimination of ego to reveal the true inner self. Ray number two has a cipher for both Jupiter and tin, the goal is to free the trapped energy in lead and transmute it into shiny, untarnishable tin. On the personal level, the work involves the purification and control of feelings and emotional energy. The second rondel depicts the operation of dissolution, 
which works with water to dissolve materials. This step is marked by the word interiora, which means to work with the innermost parts of the psyche. It shows the black crow watching its white, purified soul emerge from the dark waters. Ray number three is marked with the cipher for both Mars and iron. The smaller cipher denotes the principle of sulfur or energy. The goal is to transmute hard, cold iron by exposing it to the feminine influence of copper. The third rondel shows the operation of separation, in which the birds of soul and spirit pick through the remains of the previous operations to save the genuine parts. Above this rondel is written terai, which means of the earth, and refers to the essences being separated from the dregs of matter. Ray number four has the cipher for both Venus and copper. The goal is to marry the opposing qualities of copper and iron to create something new. On the personal level, it is the formation of an integrated personality by merging our masculine and feminine sides. The fourth rondel depicts the operation of conjunction. It shows the birds of soul and spirit lifting the crown of the quintessence into the heavens. This rondel is inscribed with the word rectificando, which means to rectify or set right. Ray number five carries the cipher for both the planet and metal mercury. An identical smaller cipher indicates the principle of mercury as light or mind. The goal is to introduce new life into the fetus created by the union of iron and copper. The fifth rondel depicts the operation of fermentation. It shows the birds of soul and spirit nesting in a tree, awaiting the hatching of their fertilized egg. The inscription reads Inwinis, which means you will discover. During fermentation, digesting bacteria create a spirit of alcohol. On the personal level, it is an influx of inspirational energy into the psyche. Ray number six is marked with a cipher for both the moon and silver. The goal is to purify materials by heating them and then condensing the vapors. On the personal level, it means repeated reflection and elevation of our thoughts and feelings. The next rondel depicts the operation of distillation. It shows a unicorn resting next to a rose bush. The unicorn symbolizes sublimation of physical desires, and the rose is the purest flower. Above the rondel is the word occultum, meaning hidden, since the essences at this stage are cloaked in vapors. Ray number seven carries a cipher for both the sun and gold. The goal is to let go of old structures and allow the final transmutation to take place. The final rondel depicts the operation of coagulation and shows an androgynous youth emerging from a womb-like grave. It is inscribed with the word lapidem, meaning the stone, which refers to the birth of the philosopher's stone. At the top of the ring, above the crown of the quintessence, is a winged figure known as the ascended essence. It signifies the completion of the spiritual work. The soul, now perfected, is ready to take flight to a whole new level of being. Now that you understand the meaning of these symbols, you can work through the Azoth at your own pace. Just start with the face at the center and realize that you are now the alchemist. <laughs>